Welcome to another episode of Rebels Rewind. I'm Kellen and I'm joined by Nick again. Me and Nick were, were just in Brandon this past weekend finishing off the MCAC sports season. We took in the futsal championships over there and had a good weekend. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I know I've been I've been trying to sell futsal to you and I think uh, oh. I think the game did it itself. Yeah, you, did, you, you, yeah. you don't have to say anything else. I'm, I'm sold. I'm sold. Futsal. I know we've been going back and forth about futsal or basketball being the best MCAC sport, but I'm sold on futsal. As far as uh, like how it's run and the like, like straight up, the amount, there's three basketball teams in the MCAC and there's <laughs> six in the in for uh, futsal, so that that's a definite advantage there. But yeah, futsal is definitely the most fast paced. Or I'd say basketball is a little more fast paced, yeah. but futsal is the game that can change on a dime the quickest. Yeah, and I think it was the tightest competition wise as well. Like yeah, like watching all the games, like there was a few teams that could have taken it home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although on the men's side, the CMU, uh, they were the champions, and they they really never had a moment of doubt. <laughs> I guess well, we'll we'll go back to the very first game of the weekend because I thought that, in my opinion, that was the second best game. It was the best men's game, uh, entertainment wise. That was Brandon and USB to start off with a rocking crowd too. Oh yeah, the first game of the weekend, like they start, they started it, like they sold me on futsal right away. It was such a good game. But USB did score first, and I was like, all right. But yeah, and then Brandon kind of regroups, gets up to their four-one lead. But then USB just the second half, they just pushed and pushed and pushed. Just fell short. They lost that game four to three to Brandon. Yeah. As Brandon moved on, uh, the second men's game was uh, CMU and Providence, and it wasn't as lively as the other game. I mean, they might have to do with the crowd, uh, the hometown Brandon crowd departing. Um, and CMU really never had a doubt in that game either. No, CMU was pretty strong this whole tournament. But yeah, they were up 3 nothing over Providence before Prov scored a goal. But even after they scored the goal, like I don't think it, I think it was like minutes later, CMU answered with their own goal. So they never really let Providence switch the momentum at all. Yeah, and Providence, uh, they, they pulled their keeper with about, I think it was about 10 minutes to go in the game. And CMU kind of got like a full court goal. And that kind of was a dagger for them. Although, although Providence did show a lot of fight uh, toward the end, it just uh, it wasn't enough for uh, a powerful CMU team. Yeah, and there was those two red cards by Providence, which which it was a little 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 uh, physical in that game there. But their rivals, they it's gonna get like that. But I thought it was funny because um, CMU's head coach Anderson Pereira said to me after the final game because it was Brandon and CMU who have been at, I say been at the top of the men's soccer futsal. The last few years here and they he just commented on how it's a healthy rivalry with brandon yeah and too bad that game didn't really reflect it it was kind of cmu the final score was five to one for cmu and there was really from the get-go cmu really took it to them and brandon couldn't really they didn't push the play at all really and in fact uh, brandon was there was i tweeted out the the video but there was a sequence where yeah. brandon was literally I, I kid you not passing it back and forth across the court on their own side for at least at least three minutes i would say more toward four yeah i agree it was weird like fans were yelling at them yeah and uh, i actually talked to a cmu coach after the after that match and he was saying uh, he was telling me like what would people watching a futsal game for the first time think he and cmu are actually kind of upset with brandon uh not necessarily disrespecting um cmu but kind of just not playing the game really yeah but cmu made them pay for that throughout the game they got they got aggressive finally went after it and forced a kick in and they got the ball and then ryan jensen's uh cmu's captain in his last year opened the scoring just sending a ball through traffic and deflecting it in he scored two goals in that game got tournament mvp but yeah cmu never in question they were going to win this tournament 
Yeah, it was a storybook ending for uh, Jensen for sure. Moving on to the women's side, oh. which is why we, well, at least I, why I was there covering yeah. uh, the, <laughs> the Rebels for the projector. The Rebels came in as a two seed. We'll start off on Saturday with their game against CMU, where they took that game three two. Yeah, they were in a little bit of a. A little bit of a hole in the, in the first half there, down to nothing. But yeah, and, and uh, I found this. Uh, this is a funny uh, moment, and if you believe in karma, um, someone affiliated with CMU, they walked by you, and it was two nothing. And they told you essentially like, oh yeah, we pretty much booked our ticket to the finals. Yeah, he was like, it was during halftime. He walked by and he was like, I think we just punched our ticket to the finals. And I was like, knock on wood, buddy. And yeah. and he, I guess he didn't. Yeah. It was, yeah. And for context, it was two nothing CMU at the half. And again, just some more adversity for Doug Lowry's squad, who's kind of had to deal with that all year, and which is why Lowry got head coach of the year uh, for the MCAC. But the Rebels got a little lucky to start the second half. Uh, Kezia Balzer just kind of put a shot on net, went off a CMU defense. In, suddenly it's 2-1. In the first minute, too, and I think we talked her after the game, and they, she said it was just so important to get that, that goal-scoring feeling early on. Yeah, and then the Rebels uh, tied it up. Uh, League-leading scorer Jessica Zeb got the tire for the Rebels, and then uh, it was a balls there again late, uh, scoring to make it 3-2 for the Rebels, so they advanced to the final against the first-place USB Rouge, who um, really took it to Brandon on Saturday after uh, the Rebels game in the semis. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest, like I wasn't super confident going into that game because USB, they beat Red River both times this year and they've just, they haven't lost a game, right? Eight wins, two loss, uh, two ties and no losses during the regular season. They just looked really strong on Saturday and th- they have they have a lot of depth because they have league, le- league MVP Katie Minot and she wasn't really the player that stood out this weekend at all. and Well, until until the end, but we'll get to that later. It, I think it just spoke to the depth that team had, and I was kind of concerned going into that final game. Yeah, so after the after the men's final, it was obviously the women's final between Red River College and uh, Université de Saint-Boniface. Jessica Zeb, she got the first goal early on a, on a free kick, making it one nothing, and then you blinked, and it was 4-1 USB. Yeah, and it was after a hat-trick by Shabbat. From, Natural hat-trick. Yeah, yeah, three straight goals to get them up 3-1, and then Nick Riette scored the fourth one, and they were up 4-1, and I was like, I don't know, I feel like we kind of just, blinked, like you said, we kind of blinked, and it was just like a totally different game. And it goes back to, I, I talked to Doug Lowry after the game about this, but Zeb scores with about 30, I, I believe it was 32 seconds exactly left in the first half. Big so it's 4-2 USB, and suddenly the Rebels are in that exact same position as the day before where they're down two at the half. So Lowry said, we actually brought that up. We've been here before. We've came back from it. And although it took 15 minutes of zero goals after that offensive surge, the Rebels made that true again. They made it reality. Yeah. In the last four minutes of the game, they score they score those two goals to end regulation. And it was 4-3 and their last goal, like amazing, unreal. Like Kyla Clark, who actually plays on the basketball team as well. So they pull their goalie with, I think it was, I think I wrote it down. It was like two minutes, 20 seconds left in the game. They pulled uh, Abigail Wilson from the net and threw out an extra attacker. So if USB gets possession, they could just easily lob it in and end the game there. But on that, like 10 seconds, once she got on the court, Kyla Clark ran to the net. Just, I guess the defenders weren't anticipating an extra attacker, just wide open. Kezia Balzer found her open and she just put it in the empty net to tie it 4-4 and it was nuts. Yeah, and I was actually filming during the game, just kind of grabbing highlights. And I actually have that goal. Like I was right behind Balzer and her kick or kicking and you can see that Katie Minot is 
unaware that Kyla Clark is right behind her. And there was a perfect seam. You could just see it opening up. And it, I thought it kind of spoke to the USB bench. I, I would throw blame on them too because it was right by the USB bench. And if and if you can see that there's an extra attacker, you want your players to be like have their have their uh, have their heads on a swivel. And Mano clearly didn't, but it's also on the bench to let her know that there's a player behind her. So Clark made the most of that opportunity. And then uh, off to overtime or extra time, we went. Yeah, it was two five-minute periods where not a lot of high-quality chances. There was like kind of zone time by both teams. I think the Rebels had more zone time. I would say so too. Yeah, there was there was a chance by uh, again going back to the video that I have. There was a chance by Shea Bre- uh, Bresciani, and it was super close. It was it was it was a weird play where it was kind of a, a scramble in front, and it kind of ricocheted off her and another defender and the the our usb keeper kind of just caught it before it went in and then of course full dramatic in the final seconds Uh, yeah league mvp got the last laugh i'd say katie minochi with 2.8 seconds left in the second overtime period we're seconds away nick was trying to find a spot for the shootouts to get some good angles for his video and just like that the game was over on which i would consider not as not a strong goal no it wasn't and uh kind of the irony i was talking about how mino kind of let her player go behind her in regulation for the tying goal her goal her game winning goal or championship winning goal was pretty much from that exact same spot uh not even mention that yeah <laughs> looking at it it was the exact same spot where she let her player go and allowed the game to go to overtime is where she redeemed herself and got the game winning goal i know we were talking after it's just that's a tough loss for them like i really thought tying it for for all the momentum just really devastating but yeah both of us i guess post game we were talking to you talked to the rebel sideline with doug lowry and yep. i talked with usb want to talk a little bit about what doug said uh doug he had an emphasis on he that he was disappointed disappointed for the players not disappointed of the players it was obviously devastating you could see some players getting emotional after the game obviously when you have to watch the ceremony 2.8 seconds after you just drop a championship uh, overtime match after coming back from that deficit so doug was pretty much he didn't blame anybody he just kind of said that it was just one of those games where it could have very easily went the other way and i the rebels in my opinion were the better team in extra time they had the better chances but um just an unfortunate way to end the season and i guess for usb it's just a, a storybook ending they go undefeated right so yeah uh, what I, did you see from their sideline yeah after the game i first talked to head coach justin laguerre and he was telling me he's like yeah i definitely didn't expect to score in the final two seconds there he said that he was already setting up his his lineup for the shootout he's like oh i was stressing out who i was gonna pick to shoot and everything like that and yeah so he was just like i was just ecstatic i didn't see it coming and then i also talked to katie Manoa at the end of the game and she said i asked her to kind of just take me through the goal and she's like honestly i can't i kind of just blacked out and I, I just shot it and yeah so i don't know tough tough way to go out for the rebels but at the end of the day hats off to them great season they put the number one team it was a great game and i don't know had a great weekend nick did a lot of good stuff out there two game recaps you can catch on the projector website and i think he has a video coming out too yeah i was just putting it together yesterday it's more so like a highlight little thing um i was just looking at i was taking a lot of film so yeah i'll get look forward to that soon in the projector and i appreciate the comments but you yourself man like you were writing you wrote a game recap for every single game that's that that speaks a lot to how busy you were uh, on the weekend so yeah it was a lot of fun um and a good send off to the mcac sports here yeah i agree i think at the end of the day it was a very productive weekend for us yeah for sure and a great venue too in brown and uh, uh it was the lighting was fantastic in there it made it easy to shoot photos the lighting video. the free food the free coffee no complaints from this guy here <laughs> hey you gotta watch how much food you have apparently <laughs> we just learned that in our class but all right and now we're joined by sports reporter jake maurice how's it going jake uh it's good it's been quite some time schedule's gotten pretty hectic 
for me, but I'm really glad to be back now. It's been, what, like yeah, a month thanks. now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's been too long. That's it, just our schedule, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. We've been using, like, in our studio, like, there's the big room there, and then we have, like, the small control room. We've been just recording from the small re- control room with me and Nick. It's nice to have the big room used again. Yeah. Might as well. I don't think anyone's really using it right now, either. No. <laughs> no. But they, the radio station's back up at uh, Red River College. Anthem. We, yeah. we, had, we had to inter- interrupt the Usher playing. Yeah, so if you were listening to Usher before or sometime during the day, noon on Tuesday, sorry, that was us. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's, um, a, that's a priority. Anyways, um, so I guess the one big thing that's just been, I guess, not sports-related, sports-related, big thing going around has been the coronavirus. Well, it's big in everything. Now. Yeah, it's just big overall, kind of, like, spreading everywhere now, and it's led to some, a lot of, like, sport events being canceled or fan control. Starting with Italy, like, they just said, all the sporting leagues, it'll be no fans at all. Then it went to Indian Wells. I'd say, like, the second biggest U.S., besides the U.S. Open, the second biggest tennis tournament in the states being canceled and now the san jose sharks announcing that no gatherings of a thousand plus people so i don't think it's the whole state i think it's just the it's santa clara yeah yeah. it's like that bay area in the bay area yeah and it's for three weeks Mm -hmm. so there's three home games during that that could even impact like the golden state warriors too because i know they're Mm -hmm. nearby yeah i was reading somewhere that people were like could they just go play at oracle yeah it could impact the san francisco giants too for their spring training and the start of their season Mm -hmm. Do Um, do you guys remember when there was that protest in baltimore and they played the Orioles played that game oh, with, with no zero fans? people. Yeah. yeah, that was so weird. And that's what, that's immediately what I think that's of. That's what it's gonna be like. But I feel like even in ba- I feel like in hockey it would be even more weird because in hockey you're indoors and basketball too. So you'd hear those echoes really going around. Like you'd hear yeah just the nothingness. Like it's not quite the same as it would be like. Could you imagine if like an NFL game with like sixty thousand plus people? had no fans at all that would be something but like yeah so it's not good at all obviously for the sports like the teams involved are going to lose a ton of money most likely that they would have gotten through ticket revenues food vet merchandise just all just tons and tons of revenue they're going to miss out on and it's like this coronavirus thing it's infecting basically the entire world like almost sounds like a doomsday plan like for some people like quarantining the entire world almost for a few weeks just to like let it go down or something and figure out how to stop it it's like that kind of it has that like fear of the unknown factor because we don't really know exactly what it can do yeah like it makes sense like obviously people staying healthy and safe is more important than sports but it is going to have long-term impacts like i saw it was discussed yesterday that the coronavirus could have an impact on players on how much money the players are going to bring home because they could be also on the hook as part of that 50-50 revenue split if there's lost revenue to the NHL through this through coronavirus canceling games so it could have like huge impacts on how the rest of the season plays out in all of the sports. Yeah, that's well said. Um on a lighter note, do you see you guys see LeBron James what he kind of I don't know how serious he was about it, but do you see his quote about uh the NBA potentially doing the empty fans? Uh basically yeah. saying not a chance. Yeah, well he pretty much said I'm not going to play then, which is an interesting thing cuz he he with his the money he's made over his lifetime, he he can sit out, but Yeah. Well, as an athlete, that's just we it'd be weird like playing like playing in front of no one. Yeah, it goes back to that Baltimore Orioles mm-hmm. game yeah. a couple years ago. It would be like not a professional sporting thing. It would be like just any hockey game that you like your parents would take you to when you were young and it's just like the families and the crowd but not even that. It would just be like you're at that super far out rink that no one goes to that you just play the game with your teammates and then you just leave. 
Yeah, and like I think obviously like it's the right call like if it's spreading, right? So definitely definitely the right call at the end of the day it's more important than sport is what we're saying. But I just I kind of want to see one of those San Jose Sharks games just to like see how weird it looks on TV as well. Yeah. Like, that would be something, eh? I wonder, like, if you had a thousand fans, you'd imagine the players, like, all the players, all the team personnel, they'd all count towards that. So you probably hit a hundred all together with both teams in attendance. Yeah. What are you going to do? Like, just let in 900 fans? I feel like they might just not let in anyone. I don't know. Maybe zero, yeah. And yeah. Been, they've already done that, too. We haven't talked or touched on it yet. The press conferences, right? Like, they're doing, we saw the Jets game last night where the players mm -hmm. were at the podium. Because yeah. the NHL has implemented that now, yeah, where a lot of teams are. Yeah, because you they don't want media going into the locker rooms anymore, which also makes sense. It's also, it's really only an American league thing. Like, it's not something they do in Europe anyway. I know some people are complaining. Like, I saw a reporter from the USA Today was saying, oh, it's just about the money, not about keeping people safe. But it's like, obviously, there's going to be much more stuff around a locker room where guys are coming into the room sweating after the game's over then there's going to be if they get cleaned up first and then head out for a podium and there's some distance between them and the reporters like it's just smarter to not yeah. have anyone that isn't essential team personnel in the locker room but honestly i personally this is personal but i think that's just that should just be the way it stays and for now like for indefinitely from now on yeah i think just to wrap up the coronavirus thing like yeah they're they're taking necessary precautions here and i just think it's interesting how it's affecting everything but it's interesting to see how it is affecting sport through media mm -hmm. players everything like that fans it's affecting it's affecting everything but yeah it'll be interesting to see how that all unravels but i think we got got some other sports stuff to talk about i know yeah much lighter stuff yeah i know we're about a week i think almost eight days away from the official opening of like the nfl offseason where players yeah, March can start 18th. yeah i know they can start like negotiating on the 16th like the legal tampering yeah, period we know, so we'll we know start some, hearing we know some trades have gone down that will become official that yeah. day we'll start hearing some hearing some signings there but i think quarterback free agency class is is something to watch this year it's probably the strong it's the strongest we've seen in a long time oh, by far. if you also consider if you were to consider the draftable quarterbacks as part of that class like if you consider joe burrow and two uh you got two top quarterbacks who are also going to be going yeah. to some of the lower tier teams that normally would be probably looking to hop on a quarterback but you also have you have tom brady becoming available and there's been endless media coverage on where he's going to go you have Philip Rivers, does he want another chance to finally yeah. find himself a Super Bowl and ring? And speaking about Philip Rivers, I was going to ask Nick, I know you're a Colts fan, and I've seen like some places people are saying Philip Rivers to the Colts. How do you feel about that? I wouldn't like that, to be honest. I don't think it makes sense for a team that's kind of like trying to In rebuild as a younger team yeah, right now. Um, I see Rivers more suited for a place like Tampa Bay, which is where he's been linked to, but that's mm -hmm. all depending on Jameis Winston as well. So, yeah, and, and you have guys like Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill, possibly. Does he want to stick around in Tennessee where he's really found a home, or does he want to see if he can make something happen elsewhere? Yeah, well, the Tom, like the Tom Brady Tennessee rumors are kind of the only thing holding back Tannehill from staying in Tennessee, but I'm mm -hmm. pretty confident he'll be staying in Tennessee. Me too. I think yeah. that's the one I'd like to predict like confidently yeah. that Tannehill's going to yeah. stay in Tennessee. It's, it's what he should do. Yeah, like, yeah, they'll, they'll pay him, right, for, yeah. for what he did last season? Well, they'll pay him, and it worked there. Like, it's not like, oh, like, they're not... Every other quarterback that you'd be paying, you'd be paying him. It would still be a gamble. Like, there's the gamble that Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady have truly lost a step, and they aren't who they once were. There's the gamble that Jameis Winston can't be rehabilitated into what he was as a first overall pick with Ryan Tannehill staying in 
Tennessee, if he were to do that, you at least have some level of certainty as to what he would look like in this system. You don't need to reteach this guy everything, and that could possibly throw him off his game. Like Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee just makes much more sense because it's where he's already established. It's where he's already liked. It's where he knows what he can do. He knows the weapons he's got. He's got a lot of nice young weapons. He's got Derrick Henry to pass the ball to if, should he need to, and he can just watch Derrick Henry go. I think Tenn Tannehill in Tennessee is the one that makes the most sense, and definitely, as you said, Nick, the one that should be the easiest slam dunk to pick. Yeah, and then on the opposite spectrum, uh, the the Tom Brady to San Francisco and like a sort of like a trade situation with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like that would be really dumb of San Francisco in my mind. Really? Yeah. Oh, does Jimmy like for G what, for one year, two does, years? Does Tom Brady miss that throw in the Super Bowl that Jimmy G missed late? Probably, Probably not. not. But you're sacrificing your whole future for just one, two years. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I, and the thing I would hate is if Jimmy G does be like cements himself as like a starter in the NFL. I wanted to watch the Patriots struggle after life after Brady. I don't want them to get a quarterback that knows their system and just so pick think, up. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's Seems my like bias. that scenario mm -hmm. would make sense for both sides because I think San Francisco would be a Super Bowl favorite for the next two, three years that Brady's there, and they're probably going to get one at least. And that's, I would hope they then don't. it's worth it if you get one Super Bowl. Honestly, like make, yeah. make a deal's you worth just it. need one. Yeah, like the Philadelphia Eagles. Ever since they won their Super Bowl, they haven't been anything special, but they've won that one. You can never take that away from them. But if they made that trade, they don't win a Super Bowl. Stupid trade. Yeah, well, that's the risk. Well, that's the risk. I know you it's run a risk. With any big trade, like it's what the Vikings did when they traded for Herschel Walker back way back in the day. And like, like, yeah, Tom Brady's good, but he's not. I, like, he's still better than Garoppolo, but I don't. He's not what he used to be either. So mm -hmm. it's also important to note though that there were rumors that. Bill Belichick wanted to keep Garoppolo over Tom Brady a few years ago, so that could be yeah. something that Bill Belichick would really enjoy is another crack with Jimmy G as his starter. Mm -hmm. And then la the one, the one more, uh, the last team I want to touch on here is uh, Vegas because uh, they're they're, they're the starting Vegas out a new city. Yeah. They're probably going to want to make a splash. It's always been rumored that they've been mm -hmm. trying to get guys like Brady, like and then the whole Derek Carr and John Gruden relationship. Yeah. So yeah. What, do, what do you guys think Vegas yeah. is going to do with quarterback? Well, Derek, Derek Carr, I think he had actually a pretty strong year. I would have been nice to have seen what he could do with a bit of a stronger team, so he could be a trade candidate yeah. for a team that's thinking they could use like maybe not a full they don't need a bona fide starter but they need an upgrade as their 1b someone who can step in and actually start some games maybe a team like tampa could try and rehabilitate him tampa could rehabilitate any quarterback honestly they just can't go with winston again but maybe raiders go with winston yeah that could be a one-for-one -one swap that would be something but yeah like the raiders they had a good season last year not great went eight and eight um, missed the playoffs on the final day, but they weren't really, they didn't really have a shot at it. They were, it was like one of those crazy, like if the stars align and the universe comes to an end, then the Raiders will make the playoffs. But yeah, I would like to see them make a change though. Cause like Derek Carr is like a good quarterback, but I don't think he's like that guy that's gonna get you mm -hmm. to the promised land kind of thing. Like, I think he's just your typical starting, like middle of the pack quarterback. Well, they have a, the Raiders have a sneakily excellent offensive line so any quarterback going there is going to be well protected they'll have time to work with in the pocket that's part of the reason that we originally there were some rumblings of the Raiders possibly being interested in Tom Brady because yeah. they could say we can protect you better than pretty much any yeah. team that's around their the Raiders their defense isn't great though and no matter how great a quarterback is they're only ever going to be on one side of the ball well and they're in a division with the Chiefs too. yeah they're in a division with the Chiefs the Chargers, who you know are going to try and be much better, and the Broncos, and in his few games, I Drew Locke looked pretty solid. I like the Broncos next year as a team to, as mm -hmm. one of the teams to make the jump no. into the playoffs. I don't know about that, but I think they'll be playing. They'll in be the kind hunt, of like, yeah, in the hunt. And the last quarterback I wanted to ask you guys about is Teddy Bridgewater. 
Mm. I think whoever gets him is going to win big. I was looking at this article, and they had it had Teddy Bridgewater to Carolina, which is something that I hadn't really seen before, mm. and it's an interesting thought. I also like him in New yeah. England, possibly. Well, we know that yeah. the, the Saints would need another court. Like, in a lot of the teams, like, if they have a quarterback leaving, they need one coming back. The Saints obviously don't need that. They got Taysom Hill, yeah. yeah. Hill and Breeze. Um, They're very high on mm-hmm. Hill. They are very high on Hill. Another guy who, where Teddy Bridgewater could be quite good is Chicago. Yeah, they're going to be looking right. Like you got to move on from Trubisky. They said they're starting with him this year, but I think you need to bring you need to at least bring in someone else because if you just go with Trubisky, unless he has a completely unexpected, almost unprecedented development, not going to happen. Which is like once again, stars align for it to happen. You need a you need a safety blanket because who was who was the who was the Bears backup this year. Chase Chase Daniel? Is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And in some in some cases Chase Daniel was better than Trubisky. Yeah, he was. But, but like at the end of the day, you can't have Chase Daniels be your safety blanket. You need something. But they need to make a change like soon because they're mm-hmm. wasting that defense. Yeah. They are wasting that de- that defense uh, is stupid. They also uh, they also should add a couple more weapons, but no, the main failure on that team right now is Trubisky. Yeah, that same article that had Teddy Bridgewater to Carolina had Andy Dalton to Chicago. It seems like it would be oh, Dalton or Andy uh, Dalton is garbage, but yeah. sure. Hey, he may, I, I still better than I think, the, I think. I don't like that narrative about Dalton because remember the years he I led Cincinnati to the playoffs. Yeah, but I, but he's kind. Of, I don't know. I guess he could get to. I, I don't mean, know. he was also the quarterback. He doesn't perform. He's also under the quarterback the of the Cincinnati Bengals. No one. Yeah, performed. and he was, but the no Bengals one, were good. Yeah, no one performed because of Dalton. That's, no one. That's the argument. No one performs on the Bengals. I don't know. That defense used to be pretty solid. Well, yeah. Didn't the, isn't it like the room, like the Bengals don't really care about winning? That's like their mantra with their ownership. They just care about like making money and running a business, not win, yeah. not necessarily winning Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Which speaks to I think that speaks to Dalton if that's like the actual case with the ownership. I'm trying to look up his numbers right now. That speaks to a lot of things about that organization. I think Dalton gets a better rep. So. Still, anything would be better than Mitch Trubisky. No, that's true. We know that. It's March is always a busy month in sports. We have NHL playoffs and NBA playoffs getting ready. We'll talk about that later on. We talked about NFL. We talked about coronavirus, which is amazing thing busy right now. But at least down south of the border and also up here as well, one of the biggest things is always March Madness. And I didn't make one last year. I'm looking forward to making a bracket this year, though. But everything's so tightly packed together that there isn't really that one team where you can say, I'm confident they can go all the way easy. Yeah, well, right now I'd say it's Kansas. They're, they've been number one for, if I'm not mistaken, a couple weeks now. Uh, and I'm looking right now, they're on a 16-game win streak, which speaks like Dayton is at number three on a 20-game win streak, but Dayton plays in different year competition. Yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. um, it's impressive that they're top three, though. But, and then Gonzaga is always in the top four, but they never seem to get anywhere. This right? could be their year, though, without some dominating team. Like There isn't like there isn't like superstar players. There isn't like a stacked team no. like Duke. So I know, but I feel, like they always, I feel like they always just choke against a team they should beat, though, too. Mm-hmm. And there's always there's always that one team that may, wins a couple rounds that just shouldn't. Like, the most extreme example is, remember, we saw the University of Loyola go all the way to the Final Four. Yeah. Like, I don't see any team going like that well, again. last year, John Morant, Emory State, I picked them to go pretty far just because I knew who John Morant was. Mm-hmm. But they were a team that made some noise. So every year, yeah. there's going to be that one team. But they're also in the NBA draft, at least projected this year. There isn't really that guy like Morant after a guy like Williamson to who can just dominate the league. You know, yeah. one. Well, so. I think Baylor's going to be a team to watch as well this year. Like they're ranked five right now, but I could see them getting a one seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just need. I don't know. Like it's exciting, but all a team needs is like that one just win where you 
just make everything the game just goes your whole way you feel good about yourself and you can ride that all the way oh yeah yeah Ooh. and i'm not gonna act like i know all this march madness stuff like every year i do a bracket every year mm. but well last year's finals was amazing so hopefully we can have another one like that yeah i make a bracket every year and i'm just like oh. I, i'm not knowledgeable on all the teams i kind of just do some research and stuff mm -hmm. and i think you can never go wrong with putting kentucky decently far just coach cal mm -hmm. it's nice to see duke all the way at number 10 Str though struggling a little i bit. like that yeah. you'd expect though when a guy like Zion Williamson leaves your team, that there's going to be a drop. And R.J. Barrett. <laughs> yeah, and R.J. Barrett. March Madness is basically the playoffs of college basketball and another sport where almost reaching playoffs is NHL and that the race right now in the bottom of both conferences is just just tight. Yeah, that is wild. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it, the problem, well, not the problem, but it's good for the league, but it seems like the middle teams, like the wildcard teams or potential wildcard teams, mm -hmm. they're all only going on these crazy streaks. Like they're beating, they're beating the teams they should be and they're yeah. beating the top teams. Like the top teams are kind of fading off. Mm -hmm. Like so, I know we were talking and I really want to see the Rangers get in. Yeah. And they've been hot. Uh, like a team like the Wild, the Jets, Nashville, they've all been hot and no mm -hmm. one's really separating themselves. Yeah. The only thing I've seen, I think we've seen is we've kind of seen the official end of any long shot for the Blackhawks over the past few weeks because oh, yeah. they had some rough losses. Like apart from that, it's been mostly every team is kind of, well, I would say with the exception of the, in the East, the Toronto Maple Leafs have been really struggling, but the Florida Panthers haven't exactly been surging to take their spot. The Panthers won two straight games to pull even in games played with the Leafs. So now they just hit just one point back of Toronto. Like Toronto had that disastrous swing through California. You're going up against all three of the bottom teams in the Western Conference and you only pick up one point. Like that's just terrible. Yeah. The Kings have won six in a row. Do you guys know that? Yeah, I have. Super random. Yeah. Well, they don't have much to play for. They've got some exciting youth. You might as well just go for it. Like you know you're not yeah. gonna be first overall, not even or not like first overall in the draft lottery, but you're probably just gonna be around that same area. Yeah, as of right now, they're tied for 30th with Ottawa. And Los Angeles is never really a place that's going to struggle to attract free agents, no matter how talented their team is or not. Yeah. No, but they can definitely play spoiler right now, which is great. Yeah, they beat the Leafs in that overtime game. I think they just put up seven on Minnesota the other day, too. Yeah. I saw Dustin Brown had a hat trick. Yeah, and it's also, we're actually looking at potentially, in terms of at least the first round, a really exciting playoffs, because we could be looking at a first round of a f Battle of Florida. A first-round battle of Alberta. And some, Pennsylvania. Yeah, a first-round battle of Pennsylvania. Some rematches at an exciting series potentially between the Avalanche and the Stars, like, in the first round. Yeah, like... That would be a lot of fun. The playoff Colorado, field is pretty stacked this year. Colorado's only two back of St. Louis, hey, and they have a game yeah. hand. Yeah, so that also could be possible. Yeah, first but, round re redo of that seven game epic between the Blues and the Stars too. Yeah, but uh, Nathan McKinnon did go down last night. Yes, that is a loss to the Kings. In yeah. a loss to the Kings. Yeah. So we've seen actually we've seen for most teams we've seen a lot of guys returning healthy. We've seen it with teams like the Jets. We've seen it a bit with teams like the Blue Jackets. Who the Blue Jackets they've battled injuries all season long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've seen guys starting to come back now, but yeah, an injury to a guy like McKinnon, you hope it's not too long-term. You hope he can stay, or at least he can take some time, get some rest. They're probably going to play this. Well, the Avalanche, they're very entrenched in a playoff spot. They're still jockeying for position, but they know they're going to be in the postseason, so they don't really need to rush McKinnon back. They can maybe give him an extra game to rest, to get his legs back under him, to make sure he's ready to go for the playoffs. Yeah, they'll and, need him first. And obviously, run. not a fan of Colorado, but obviously in the playoffs, you want to see teams at their full strength yeah. just for excitement factor. Yeah. But we mentioned the possibility of Battle of Pennsylvania. I like Philly actually winning that division. 
They're down is, a point, nine-game winning streak. But then we mm-hmm. see Washington-Pittsburgh first round, which also signed me up for that. I so. thought you are golden, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have fun wildcard team potential, too. You have in the East, you have a team like Columbus who showed what they can do when they're the underdogs last year. And then you could either get the Islanders with Barry Trotz, who they play. They have some stars there like Matt Barzell. You have the Hurricanes who always play a fun style, although – Right now, Peter Morazic is back from an injury for them. They're still waiting huge. on James Reimer, but they are a fun team. You have the Rangers possibly throwing themselves into that mix. And then out west, you have that just dogfight where it's Arizona, who lost a huge game last night to the Jets. They're still in it yeah. with Taylor Hall. You have Minnesota, who's come out of nowhere, really, to throw themselves into the race. You have the Nashville Predators. You have the Winnipeg Jets. Vancouver. You have Vancouver, who's Vancouver been fun all. They're slumping. They are, that. but they've been fun all year. But the thing that the thing that I keep in mind is like Vancouver and Nashville having those two games in hand on Winnipeg, Minnesota that one game in hand. I just mm-hmm. want everyone to get caught up in games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of hard. To, it's hard to like really judge where they all sit because there's the disparity in games played. Yeah. At least it's a fun race to the finish. And also, you can't like with in terms of Vancouver as well. You can't really count out the possibility of a team like Calgary slipping out of the top three and being forced into that wild card race themselves. Yeah, but yeah. I but I, I really hope they stay third and Edmonton stays second. Like I really that want would be that. yeah, that would be fantastic. And like the way I, games have been going, it's like looking kind of like it. I think it's I think that's what's gonna happen in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be excited. Yeah, like Calgary, they've been doing and well then, lately. And Vegas you, has been on a roll to stay on and top. And then if you had a if this were just the case, if it is just ended up the way it is where let's say Colorado finishes or hops ahead of St. Louis and finished first in the West, and you had Vegas at tops in the Pacific, and then you had Jets Preds as the wild cards, you would have some rematches of some fun series from two years ago. You'd have Colorado Nashville, which was a fun six game series in 2018 in the first round. Yep. And then you'd have Winnipeg Vegas, which was shorter, but also a good series. Yeah. And they played a fun game no, those on would be, last Friday. Those would be really good series, but at the end of the day, every day, these playoff positionings are going to change. Yeah, I yeah, know. And, and lastly, like, usually when I look at standings, I don't know if you guys are feeling this, but usually when I look at standings, I see, like, one or two top teams where I'm like, okay, they're probably going to lose in the first round just because, like, mm-hmm. I don't see the playoff experience with them. Last year it was Calgary, and I called that. Mm-hmm. This year I'm not seeing it. Like, who at the top of the standings is going to get upset? Who's a good candidate? Mm-hmm. Like, look at it right now. I, I would maybe say Colorado. I would say Washington. Them too, they stick out too, but I don't see Boston or Tampa drop, no. drop in their first round. Too. But I didn't see Tampa drop in their first round last year either. So mm-hmm. I imagine the one I would maybe say would be the um, uh, Philadelphia Flyers if they were a top seed, a top, like a top and two seed. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and if they were going up, because they'd be they're matching up most likely if they don't pass Washington, then they're going into a first round series with Pittsburgh, and that's going to be tough no matter how Pittsburgh is playing, and they're kind of not playing at their best right now. But no matter how Pitt, the Penguins. Are playing, you don't want to draw them in the first round. And if you're the first seed in the Metro, you're still likely matching up against one of the Jackets, Hurricanes, or Islanders, all of whom have went past round one in the playoffs last season and have been to the playoffs multiple times in the years before. Mm-hmm. So or Philly, perhaps not Carolina, but the other teams, yeah. So that could be a, a potential. Philly does have the second-best record at home in the NHL. They do, yeah. Their home, Wells Fargo Center is... Yeah. An excellent venue for the Flyers yeah. to play in. See, I don't see any, mm-hmm. at least in the East, I don't really see any of the wildcard teams being that big of a threat. No. It's more, their biggest threat mainly comes from just their experience. And although we've seen what Elvis Merzlikens can do this year, we've seen what in the past what Thomas Grice can do. Peter Morazic has that capacity to steal some games away yeah. from top tier teams. So it's all about just 
for the wildcard teams for the most part. It's which teams have that X factor that can help them steal games from a team that's probably better than them in terms of just overall mm-hmm. makeup. So yeah, it's yeah. all it comes but down to that. To add on what you're saying, Nick, like if I'm one of the top teams and I'm facing Columbus, the Islanders, like I'm not scared. No. What I'm yeah, what I'm saying is that the wildcard teams went four and last year. It might be 0 and four this year. Yeah. It's a very yeah. good possibility. Yeah. Although, and it's also, yeah, the factor of last year, no one thought, obviously, no one thought that Columbus would win. Carolina, most people still projected Washington to win. The Nashville-Dallas series, most people still had the Predators. The only one where you could really say that some people kind of predicted the upset was Calgary versus Colorado. So teams are going to be ready for wildcard teams this year. No one's going to take them lightly. No one's going to be thinking, oh, we're already punched our ticket at the second round. Everyone's going to be treating every series like it's the finals. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Next time you hear from us will be, I think, a week before, a week with one week of regular season left almost. Yeah, so, so yeah, really, no. Yeah, start April, so right? maybe we'll have a better picture. Yeah. Maybe not. We'll have but, a better um, picture of NBA playoffs, March Madness, so much sports. It'll be Sweet 16 by the time we record. Yeah, yeah and, coming. And, and we can do a full recap of the rebels whole year too yeah team by team i like to do that we, we mm-hmm. had that planned up for next uh, yeah. episode our mm-hmm. final one yeah i was mm-hmm. gonna say next episode is gonna be our final episode before we pass it off to next year's squad yeah exactly so next next episode we'll definitely go over all the rebel sports this year maybe talk about our favorite moments working here this year awesome but yeah, yeah thanks for tuning awesome. in see ya thank you bye bye